0: This is the We Fish with Phoenix Boats podcast, built by anglers for anglers.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of We Fish with Phoenix Boats podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tim Truckinbrough, and with me as always is my co-host, Brian Travis. And today we've got a two-part special uh, coming at you from, I guess, bass fishing being back.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's finally back and it came back with a big surge. Not only you know is everybody excited to watch the tournament. Now we got two to pick from. Mm-hmm. We get to, we got to sit back. You, you know I know I saw you you've got two screens on your desk and you <laughs> you had Major League Fishing going on one and you had uh, the elites going on the other.
1: I use my phone for my work <laughs> yeah. and use the work computers for some fishing. No, it was fun to watch. Glad to have a I mean just a ton of video and content coming at us and. Uh, Man, it was just good to see everybody back out and fishing.
2: It was, and, and man, it was a, it looked like every event went successful. I know we had uh, Major League Fishing doing the heavy hitters. Uh, they were down in Kissimmee, and then you had the elites on Eufaula. And, mm-hmm. man, we had some, some good tournaments. I mean, good results, good weights, and it was nice.
1: It, it was. I was uh, worried about UfaLa just after that. Uh, there was a of there the week before, and the weights were eh, hit or miss, and then, shoot, everybody sacked them. We're going to have Drew Benton on to talk about his day. He had – Uh, third place finish but he sacked 24 on the final day really thought he was close to pulling that out and then uh, we're also going to talk to Justin Lucas who had a big fish on day one of the uh, heavy hitters had an 8-3 but uh, put together a pretty good little tournament there came in fourth and uh, I know he had some much uh, needed momentum he needs to carry through the rest of the year
2: yeah it'll be interesting to get Justin's take on that big fish because I know he had it for a little while Mm-hmm. and then got it taken away from him. So it'll be interesting to get his take on that. Uh, I know he never minds sharing his thoughts on stuff like that.
1: No, I'm glad to see he's enjoying it, doing well. And Drew's having a heck of a year, too. Uh, had a decent showing at the Classic, had a good place uh, down at St. John, So he's sitting pretty now in AOY with that third place at Ufaula. So excited to see what he's uh, thinking about the rest of the season as they move forward. I mean, they got July's going to be busy for everybody. Yeah, but it is. back-to-back-to-back to back to back for the elites, that's going to be –
2: Yep, you got back-to-back-to-back to back to back for the elites. Then you turn around. Um, some of the BPT guys are fishing the super tournaments. Um, so their schedules, like you said, through July are, are almost back-to-back-to-back. To back
1: to back. I'm tired after a Friday practice for a Saturday <laughs> tournament, I don't know how they're going to do that. I yeah. mean, it's 21 days in a row if you make cuts. Oh, yeah? That's they're, tough.
2: They're, I'm telling you, people can say what they want. But professional fishermen are in shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got stamina. They can go day in and day out. And you're talking sun up to sun down. Then you've got to turn around and prep tackle. And, oh, by the way, you've got to eat something in between there.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, you got to mentally be in it. I don't know how they do it. I'm going to ask Drew if he's going to practice, like, his sleep schedule or something, change something up for that. Yeah.
2: It'd be interesting because, yeah. I mean, it's it's all strategy. It's a chess game. And then you've got to physically be able to do it. You're up and down on the trolling motor, changing rods constantly. Um, you're moving a lot when you're out there fishing those tournaments.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna get uh, Justin on, dial him up here. So y'all stay tuned and uh, we'll be right back.
2: At Phoenix Boats, our passion for fishing is obvious. Whether it's a pro event or fishing with our family and friends. We truly love the sport of fishing. That's why our goal is to make every single Phoenix boat that goes out the door, the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction. We love to fish as much as anyone. And we
1: believe it shows in every boat we build phoenix boats built by
2: anglers for anglers
1: all right welcome back everybody we got with us on the line mr justin lucas himself coming off a hot finish down at that k-chain as mark jeffries has coined it man what's going on with you today
0: right now i'm getting a little exercise in uh, right next to lake Gunnersville. it's a beautiful day down
1: here Man, we've had some gorgeous weather here lately yeah it's it's super nice after i'll tell you what
0: after the humidity in florida I'm thankful to live in Alabama because that, that's on another level, man.
2: That might be the only time you say that phrase.
0: No, I love living in Alabama. There's no other state I'd rather live in.
2: Well, how stoked were you to get
1: back out there to be fishing again?
0: Dude, it felt amazing, honestly. Uh, you know, and after three-month break, just kind of like I say at the end of every year, uh, when you start back up again, you don't know how it's going to start. You know, you don't know how you're going to go out there and perform and uh, you know, by looking at my results from two of the three tournaments, Ufala wasn't that bad. But uh, the other two, Fork and uh, Okeechobee, you know, I didn't do that great at those events. So to come out and uh, have a good event, fourth place, uh, finally made a top ten in one of these major league fishing events was – it felt really good and got a huge bump in the points. I think I went from like 69th to 47th, so that was big. And then uh, pretty much probably secured my spot in the heavy hitters event for next year, too. So, that was uh, that was nice. That 8-3 I caught on the first day was a huge, huge help in that.
2: Yeah, and, and can you take just a, a minute or two and explain that heavy hitters format to everybody?
0: Yeah, so here's how it's going to work uh, moving forward. This year, uh, just due to COVID and everything, they, they allowed everyone to fish it. And, uh, you know, it was a really cool event two pound minimum of course to start and then that last day we went to three pounds which is you know i mean that's just unheard of Mm -hmm. trying to (laughs) you can't weigh anything under three pounds that's ridiculous you know but but it's fun too and i I like it because uh this whole year you know just targeting two pounds and better we've been catching better fish and when you say three pounds are better you're you're targeting bigger fish so uh moving forward what's going to happen is um you take your biggest fish from each event and the following year, uh, if you're in the top 40 after the season's over from one fish from each event, if you've got the, you know, if you're in the top 40 with those fish, uh, you make heavy
1: hitters for the following year. So,
2: so it's a, I'm cumulative, really excited. so it's a cumulative weight of your biggest fish from each tournament. Correct. Okay.
1: that will be yep. interesting.
0: Yep. So, uh, I'm excited about it. It's a, it's a cool format. And uh, I think people really like following along with it, too. You know, it it had a lot of hype and a lot of talk uh, before, you know, before fork or during fork. And then after, of course, everything hit the fan. But before that, there was a lot of good buzz about it.
2: And did I understand it right, that there's some big fish bonuses during that heavy hitters?
0: So, yeah, during the heavy hitters event, they are, uh, (laughs) they gave $25,000 to each group through the first two days for the big bass. $50,000 $50,000 on the knockout round to the big bass, which Michael Neal uh, took from Jordan there in the last like 15 minutes. That was crazy. Jordan had an 814. Michael Neal caught an 815 <laughs> with like 15 minutes left and took 50 grand from Jordan on wow. the knockout round. But he got his money yeah, back I
1: was to say, he's okay.
0: on the last day. Yeah. So the last day he goes out there, he catches big bass. That was a hundred grand. And he won the event. That was another hundred grand. So he got 200 grand and, I'm rooming in with him at the next event. And I'm pretty sure the rules state that you also need to pay for your uh, roommate's <laughs> lodging the following week, but I'm gonna have to double check. It.
1: It's like buying a round of shoes after you hit a hole in one, isn't it? There you go. Exactly. Well, and you got robbed too by Brett Aylor. I mean, three ounces,
0: dude. And so that was the craziest thing, right? Like, I oh you my had god! It. I said, I said, all right, dude. Last cast. I throw out there and throw in that five inch power hog. That's what I caught most of my fish on and I pull it over a piece of grass. And I just feel, you know, the slightest little tick. And I'm like, that was a bite. I haven't had a bite like in two hours. That was a bite. And I reel down, set the hook and it comes up and jumps. And I'm like, Holy crap. That was like a real bite. Mm-hmm. And get it in. It's an eight, three. Two minutes later, I'm all fired up and everything. Two minutes later, my boat official goes, Oh no. I'm like, what like what <laughs> what happened what can be so bad after catching an 8-3 yeah. he goes somebody just caught an 8-6 yeah Brent Ayler just caught an 8-6 I'm like you gotta be kidding me man oh dude but, that's rough but you know anytime you can catch an 8-3 you're not complaining too much even if you lose 25 grand because of it
1: no that's rough but hey you made it through the final round that fish could have helped you do it so without it who knows there's,
0: there's no doubt that fish was a huge it was, that fish was the I would call it the turning point in my career – or in my year so far this year because it's just kind of been one of those years at Fork and uh, Okeechobee. Okeechobee actually had a good practice in the second inning tournament. I lost two big ones that would have got me in the cut. Eufaula, I lose a couple that would have got me in the cut. I was real close to having decent tournaments at those events, but things just weren't coming together. And, uh, you know, I was almost thinking, like, gosh dang, same thing's going to happen here and I say last cast and then catch an eight three. And, uh, that just gave me the ability to calm down, start fishing a lot slower, which you got to do in Florida Mm -hmm. a lot. And, uh, you know, I threw back out there and actually like five minutes later caught a four pounder. And so those, those four fish I caught that day weighed 20 pounds. And I was, I think I was in sixth place after the first day. So allowed me to go out there the next day uh, that I fished and, kind of take my time and know that I just needed a couple of bites to make it.
2: So when you're fishing in that format, I know a lot of different tournaments have a, uh, a big fish bonus, but when they get to that kind of dollar figures, does it ever make you change focus and say, you know what, I'm going head hunting or are you just grinding to get to the next, uh, next cut?
0: Nah, uh, Yeah. The first, uh, first couple of days, I was really just trying to catch as many fish as possible, but I wasn't around that many anyways, Um, in practice, I caught a nine and a seven. And then in the first day of the tournament, I caught an eight, three and a six. So I was around some really nice fish. I wasn't getting enough bites Uh, on the knockout round. I was having a bad morning and I left just in search of bites because it's hard to just say you're going to go catch the big one of the day. That's, that's really tough. Um, but I, I left in search of bites and kind of stumbled on, almost the real mother load you know and i think it was uh the mother load but that last day of course they started pulling current and it, mm-hmm. it shut them down but it was a uh, i didn't stumble on it you know i had practiced that area and had a few bites down there and i think i just got there at the right time when they were chewing and it gave me a lot of confidence in that area
1: well looking at your baits too i mean those are confidence baits for you regardless i mean you throw a wacky rig a bunch you throw a brush hog or a power hog, Texas rig. I mean, is that a confidence bait?
0: Yeah, it's and it's the type of bait, too. Um,
1: For numbers you, and size?
0: Numbers and size, especially yeah. in Florida. You know, I caught a lot of unscorable bass on that bait. And it's a pretty good size bait, but, um, you know, it's not too big. And so I, I love that 5-inch power hog. I love the 4-inch power hog, too. Um, but yeah, when the water's real warm, post spawn summertime, you want those bigger baits and, uh, that five inch power hog on it. I rigged it on a Texas rig. Uh, if there was cover around and then anywhere the, there wasn't that much cover, I'd put it on a Carolina rig and I just had a lot of confidence in that thing. And of course, June bug in Florida is
1: about, mm-hmm.
0: you know, as Bobby Lane would say, that's just a uh, old standard there, pal. <laughs> so hey bob
2: how, how long of a leader are you putting on that carolina rig when you're throwing it in florida
0: I, I did like 18 or 20 inches uh shorter you know i was only fishing three to five feet of water yeah so i didn't want a super long leader uh so i did something a little bit shorter i used a half ounce weight and i did that mainly around anywhere there was bluegill beds or uh shell on the bottom mm-hmm. and then you know if i got in areas where there was bluegill beds or shell or whatever but there was some brush and grass around that's when i would pick up the texas rig just because it comes through cover so much better
1: well now that you're back out fishing i mean you've got a busy pretty much two months three months coming up we got still got one more bpt in july but you got june 23rd july 10th july 29th august 11th so you're fishing the supers you got one more bpt i mean y'all packing up the camper and just hitting the road for two months
0: yeah, we actually sold the camper, so no, no more camping. It's just been tough uh, with Cooper being two and a half years old. Uh, you know, like driving to Florida, for instance, it's, mm-hmm. it's a nine-hour drive down there. If you got a baby with you, it's a two-day drive. Right. And uh, I, I can do that in one day by myself, or Bree's even with me in the truck, and she can get back there and entertain Cooper. But having two separate vehicles like we were doing was just getting, it was getting a little hard with a two and a half year old. So uh, we're we're down to one truck in the boat and uh, they're going to come with me to a couple of these events and yeah our schedule is busy uh but uh, you know it's it's a good thing we need it mm-hmm. and the, the industry needs it the anglers need it heck the fans need it you know i've heard more people this week saying that they were just excited to watch fishing again than i've ever heard that before you know so
1: i mean i love watching cool. cornhole but i can only watch so much cornhole because uh, that's about the only thing that's been on tv uh so to see ya. you guys out there fishing um I'm glad that we had so much live coverage that they put out there. It was it was awesome to see. Which event are you looking most forward to? Well, uh, lacrosse looks fun.
0: That one's a good one. Uh, Detroit River is going to be a fun one. I don't know that I can say, but our uh, I believe our Champlain tournament, where we were going to go to Champlain, has now changed, and I don't think I'm allowed to say where yet, but. Where it's going is going to be a real fun one. So it's so, not Tim's Ford. Uh, it's definitely not Tim's Ford. <laughs> okay. No.
2: Now you're giving away yeah. my secret co-angler. Now everybody knows Justin's fishing with me in two weeks on the Wednesday nighter.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, all right. So we'll strike that. But we got three supers, and we know they're on the schedule. I don't schedule think they the could
0: books. have a. I don't think they could have a BPT on Tim's Ford. You wouldn't be able to catch a scoreable bass out there, man. So.
1: No, you couldn't. Uh, if you true. made it a half pound, you probably could. A half pound, yeah, yeah maybe okay. pound. Pound on the final day, would be interesting. <laughs> You'd be all
2: right because I mean, since you're not putting them in a in a live well, you know, you don't have to go with a fifteen inch rule.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. There you
2: go. <laughs> I, I do have a question because because we're talking about these supers that are coming up. You know, you've been fishing in a a max field of forty boats for the last couple of years. How does that change your strategy, or, or what do you look at when you're looking at a much bigger field as far as two hundred plus boats?
0: You know, I I don't think it changes a whole lot more than just you know it's going to be crowded. But our guys, even when you only got 40 guys, uh, you know the other like every our guys are so good they're finding all the same stuff even on these big bodies of water. So and you realize that on the knockout round when you start sharing water when they mix the two groups together, you know the top top uh, 20 from each group and you go out there and you're like, oh. That's why it got a little bit tougher for me Mm -hmm. on the second day because that guy was fishing there too and so our our guys are just so good they're gonna find the best stuff on the lake and uh that's just kind of the way i'm you know i'm picturing these super tournaments to be is all the best stuff's gonna be found and it's gonna be a little bit more crowded the the bite might be a little bit tougher because of it um but you know the, the thing about that too is you might be able to do better uh on some areas that you know, might not be the best spots, but they're kind of secondary spots that maybe people aren't fishing as much and not getting as much pressure. And sometimes those can, over three or four days, end up producing better results than, uh, you know, what you would call a community hole or whatever is a hot spot,
1: you know. Mm-hmm. So finding something a little sneaky at Chick that may have been a yeah. second place, third place kind of deal, maybe end up being a primary spot where you can pull some wooden fish off of.
0: Yeah, you know, you you, like, for example, in Tennessee River, you idle over some ledges, you see these big, giant schools. Well, everybody else is going to see the big, giant schools, too. Mm -hmm. How many many places do you have where you only saw six fish or five fish? And uh, those places, you know, obviously, normally, if you see five or six, there's probably a few more there. If you see 20 or 30 on the graph, there's hundreds there, probably, and everybody's going to find it, so Uh, I think some of these just smaller holes and having a good milk run of them is going to be a good game plan for that event.
1: What do you think uh, it's going to take to win it?
0: I don't know, maybe 18 pounds a day, 19 pounds a day, something like that, over four days.
1: Yeah, Someone's going to bust a 25, 26, but then follow that up. It's going to be kind of tough. I was thinking 82, 82 pounds will win it, 84. That's a good
0: guess good guess
1: yeah you're gonna get 85
0: i don't know man it's a really good lake and there's some there's some big fish in it but we'll just see how it does you know the one thing is they don't have Mm co-anglers uh in flw and that's a benefit because when you're fishing a ledge lake with Mm -hmm. co-anglers they have the same opportunities that most of the boaters do and a lot of fish get you know you could say almost double the amount of fish get hooked when you have a co-angler in an event. So it gets it gets a lot tougher, uh, much quicker when you have co-anglers in an event.
1: Oh, for sure. Hey, one uh, sidebar question. How did it feel to come home from Florida and put your boat in your new shop?
0: Ooh, I just spent all day in there yesterday too. It was awesome. It's amazing. Nice. I love it. Yeah, I'm so glad I did it, Tim, of course talk to you some about that i got the uh, mini split unit in there and uh, that was the mini split unit is awesome and so i stuck my fishing rod in it on accident <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> broke the broke the fan in there so i had to order a replacement <laughs> fan i'm getting that so oh, worse though was that i broke my favorite abu garcia prototype rod that i could never they were never going to make them and they sent me a few to test and I love this rod and I've been using it for like two and a half years and then it, it broke and that, that really pissed me off. So
1: <laughs> how much of it broke?
0: Uh, about four.
1: Oh, uh, so uh, it could be your new favorite plug knocker. That's awesome. Well, glad to hear you got that finished up though. I know that's nice. Especially that, gotta peep protect out there that and hang Phoenix,
0: out. man. Got to protect <laughs> that Phoenix. Got to put it in a nice, pretty shop.
1: A bird's nest man you got to have a bird's nest
0: yeah there you go
1: well she well, look we really appreciate you coming on and talking um good luck at chick we'll be watching rooting for you and uh i guess we'll all be in anticipation of where the uh new bpt event might be
0: yeah it's gonna be good i hope it i hope just because everything's changing by the minute but I'm, sounds like it's locked in i hope it is for sure uh because it's going to be a really good one so well you I have one more good, good event
1: though right you'll make red crest we'll see you in uh yeah, Grand. yeah
0: another if i get a to top 30 i could uh could make it so kind of turn up a, a bad salvage a bad year you know or bad start to the year anyway oh
1: well, you got momentum buddy so good luck we're rooting for you
0: yeah brian i know how you roll so i just want to tell you happy birthday for the whole month
1: oh
2: thanks so, sir right? thanks sir
0: Yep. We just want to make sure we get that in there. You do not (laughs) celebrate just one day. You celebrate the whole month.
2: That's right. That's right. We've been cranking around here.
1: There you go. You be safe, buddy. Say hey to Grandpa Jack and Coop for us, and uh, we'll check in with you after you win Chick.
2: All right, guys. We'll talk to
0: you
1: later. Appreciate it, Justin. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Yep. Man, I always like talking to Justin.
2: Yeah, Justin's a good guy, but I enjoy talking to all the anglers when they're in the middle of their seasons. Uh, it's fun just to kind of hear the stories from the road and how things are going in the tournaments. You know, little details you don't get to see on TV or hear on the weigh-in stage. No, and he's
1: got a pretty jam-packed rest of the year too. I know he's uh, he's one of those guys that just likes to fish. Man, just put him on the on the water. I don't care if it's fruit jar, two hundred boats. He likes to fish.
2: Oh yeah, kayak, walk in the pond. It doesn't matter. But you know who else has a jam-packed schedule coming up? The guy dude, we're about to call. <laughs> dude,
1: three in a row in July. Those guys are going to be. Man, it's going to be rough on them.
2: They are. I hope he is not uh, too busy not to answer the phone this morning.
1: <laughs> well, let's see if uh, you can't dial him up, and uh, let's see if we can't get him on the line. All right, let's give him a call. And the man fresh off a third-place finish down at Lake Follow, Mr. Drew Benton. Drew, how you doing today, buddy?
3: What's up, Tim? My uh, man, it's uh, it's just good to be back fishing. I, I surely missed it. You know, I enjoyed the time at, at home during the quarantine, but we were all itching to get back, and uh, Lake Follow was definitely a a great place to, to get back rolling on.
2: Well, and before we get started on you fall, it had to play in almost perfect for you and your family life. Having a, having a new baby at home, um, that yeah, quarantine yeah. gave you some time you didn't think you'd have, didn't it?
3: Yeah, for sure. You know, we just had a, a new one. Um, when we were down at St. John's, our, our newest, uh, Colt was born and he's four months old now. So I got to spend, you know, those four months kind of at home and, and with them and, and then to move right up the road um, to Blakely, Georgia, I was, you know, an hour away from, from Lake Eufaula, and um, I was able to sleep in my own bed for the whole event, and that was definitely very
1: nice. So. Well, that's awesome. Would you have thought right now if someone told you you would have only fished four days professionally in June, would you have called him a liar? I'm sorry, I you fished eight days, we count the Classic and the St. Yeah. John, so eight days total.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a weird, weird deal. Mm-hmm. I, You know, I mean, who would have thought that we would have even had a virus of all things come in and throw this kind of curveball for the season? Um, it, you know, it's definitely going to shake things up and and uh, it's going to be a different dynamic um, to a tournament season than, than most of us are, are obviously used to. And it's definitely going to be different. So yeah, I never would have thought. And I don't think anybody could have could have thought about
1: it. But this with way. with that virus, it's kinda cool. I mean, you played sports in college. You were on ESPN two live for four days. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's great. That's the, awesome. There's no better way to introduce the sport and what we do to, to a new audience than the way it was done last week. You know, Bass did a fantastic job on live and and settling up that that deal with espn to you know put it on live like just like a golf tournament Mm -hmm. and i you know my little town of blakely i would you know pull into a gas station to fill up with fuel and i would be approached by three to five different people just in the little town of blakely saying hey man we're rooting for you on tv you know We watched the whole thing on ESPN all day. And if that happens in that little of a town, imagine what it was like all over the United States. I mean, it's just, it's huge for the sport. It's huge for for growth of the sport and getting people Mm -hmm. involved. And uh, hopefully with the, the positive feedback that we're getting from everybody, it will continue on once things start to get normal. So I, that's, that's my hope anyway. Well,
2: and you definitely capitalized on that. I mean, coming in with that third place finish, not a bad way to do it on ESPN too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I spent a lot of time um, preparing for this tournament and actually preparing in April. I didn't think that a lot of what I found would even be in the play coming to play in June, but um you know, we had rising water, and, and those fish obviously wanted to be offshore on ledges. I mean, it's hot down here right now, and the rising water obviously um, made them kind of do something a little bit different and go back towards the bank and stop on some of that structure in between the ledges and the bank, and, and we were able to capitalize on it and have a good finish.
1: So let's let's start with follow I mean, first day you come out, you stack almost 21 pounds. Was that part of the game plan? Did you yeah. lay on any more fish, or did you find anything else going on on day one, or did you just stick to the book?
3: No, I, uh, you know, I figured I would need – I honestly didn't think the weights were going to be that good. I figured if I could catch 18 to 20 a day, four days in a row, I would scare the heck out of
1: Can you hear me? Yeah. I guess some people in Blakely are getting a little lively. We're losing signal. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah. so so what back what i was saying you know i didn't want to try to cull three and a half pounders out on the brush i felt like if you did that um with as many people running the same piles and things like that i feel like you were burning too many fish so once i got to that 20 pound mark i kind of you know pulled up a little bit and, and went shallow and just did some different things the rest of the day and then um day two rolls around and I'm running down the lake really close to takeoff and I hit something floating and, uh, you know, it, it it's like, did that really just happen, you know, this far away from where I'm mm. trying to go? Cause I'm running down towards the dam and. And the, the closer I get to where I'm fishing, the louder my lower unit starts knocking. <laughs> and mm. so it's like, I'm zooming out, trying to figure out where the biggest cluster of my stuff is. And I just point the boat that direction and, and, uh, and get there. And luckily they were biting pretty good that morning. I, I was able to catch, um, like around 16 pounds pretty early. Um, I called Andy um our service guy who's who's saved me more than once on the road um he 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 travels around all over and and runs the the service uh truck for phoenix and i told him i said man my keys are in my gas caps there any way you can throw a lower unit in the back of that truck and and meet me down here and and he said yeah we're on our way so i fished around on the trolling motor and kind of salvaged the day until they could get down there with the lower unit and and they got me fixed back up and on the water. And, um, uh, you know, I had, I want to say I had like 18, 12, the, the second day, which, which kept me in the hunt. I think I moved up to, to 11th Yeah. and day three rolls around and I really struggled. I think I got in a little bit of a bad rotation and I was fishing behind some guys and stuff and, um, kind of struggled through the day. And, um, come in with another 18 or, you know, some odd pounds. And that had me an eight going to the final day. And, you know, I really felt like, cause we had a hundred boat tournament going on the same day as our final day. So I mm-hmm. knew some guys stuff was going to get covered up. And I knew some things were going to be different. So I completely changed up. I, I ran some new, some new stuff that I hadn't fished all week and, took me a while to get started I, the first fish I caught was like six something and I'm like okay that's one bite out of the way I only need four more the rest of the day and you know I kept running brush kept running brush and I all I could catch was little ones so I said you know I know where a brim bed is I saw a couple of big ones on in practice so I run up there shallow for about an hour I caught a five pounder on a frog and I said okay I only need three bites and I said it you know Typically from that eleven PM to when we were due in was when I was getting my best brush bites. And I thought if I can just run enough piles and get three quality bites, I can win this thing still. Mm -hmm. The very next pile of brush I run to, I catch a six out of. The very next one after that I catch a four something out of. And at that point I'm one bite away. You know, one really good bite. I had a two pounder and I had like I don't know, 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I, if I catch a six pounder to cull out a two right there, I win the tournament. Right. And I ran every pile I could get to in that, you know, hour and a half window before I had to run in. And the biggest one I caught was like a three and a half and I come in with 24 and I needed 26. So mm. that's just the way it goes. I left it all out there. Um, it, you know, obviously buddy had a heck of a day and when you have that kind of day man you just deserve to win mm-hmm. i mean that, 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 you know you just tip your hat and say i just got beat and uh you know the the biggest thing is you know we're back rolling um had a good event got some momentum going to new york and uh hopefully we can carry it on and keep it rolling
2: now what were you throwing into those brush piles like especially when you were hitting them pretty hot and heavy there at the end of the day. What, what was your go-to throwing into yes. them?
3: Yes, so I had two baits, and the, the biggest key to that deal is throwing a, a, big, a big bait right off the bat. And if it was really calm um, and slick, I would throw a 7-inch Suicide Chad Big Bites um, swim bait through there on a three-quarter ounce head. And if it was really windy or cloudy or, or rough on those piles, I threw a nickels um, ounce and a quarter spinnerbait with one single big set, number seven willow leaf and a five inch uh, big bite suicide shad as a trailer. Mm-hmm. So I was throwing big baits through there and I was trying to entice that one or two really big fish you know, on those piles to, to bite that first cast and then I would rotate through if I didn't have a bite on, on you know the big stuff I'd pick up a 10 inch B2 worm and throw in there on a the Texas rig and if I didn't get bit on that I'd pick up a shaky head and I did catch some fish that I weighed in you know on those worms when they weren't you know chasing or willing to bite something big so I just that was my rotation those four baits right there so I did all my damage on other than you know when I went up shallow and threw a frog or a top order around.
1: Yeah, how many brush piles did you run that last hour?
3: Ah, uh, that last hour, I bet I ran. I think I ran about thirty the last hour. Mm-hmm.
1: That's so you, were, you were two casts yeah, and done. A, it, I mean, you it, were. It
3: was a. It was standing up there making two casts and run to the next one. I I left the worm on the deck for that last hour. Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew my best bite was going to come on that big swim bait, and um, you know, and I actually did have one you know really good bite there at the end that i hung for maybe two cranks and it felt heavy but you never know i mean it could have could have just been another three pounder that didn't get it good or whatever but you know it's a high risk high reward way of fishing but that's the way i went after it
1: you and buddy both came out of the back too i mean you started the day in eighth and he was down there at 10th i mean or he might have even been lower in 10th i mean but both y'all had just stellar days
3: yeah, yeah, and it was it's kind of funny in the bag line, neither one of us really knew what we had. I didn't weigh any of mine, he didn't weigh any of his and, and uh when, when he saw me put mine in the in the uh tanks there behind the stage, he was like, Holy crap, you mm-hmm. you might have me, you know, and I was like, Nah, man And he's like, I don't know, he's like, I was way behind you And mm-hmm. then I got to do out, and I was thinking, well, man, if Canterbury did catch him this is gonna be close you yeah. know <laughs> so, she, so it, it, it ended up it ended up not being as close as i thought it would be but uh it was definitely a good finish i, I can't complain
1: well and that and your roommate uh drew did good as well came in fifth so both of y'all seem to have a pretty good week out there
3: yeah yeah it um you know it, it's it's definitely uh plays into our game plan with with what we got going on you know we we all travel in room together and try to help each other out. And, mm-hmm. um, anytime that we can all, you know, have good finishes, it's a, it's a good week for sure.
1: Well, so looking forward to the rest of the year, what do you think about this three tournaments in a row?
3: Well, see, <laughs> being as how exhausted I was here after you fall, I, I, I can only imagine how it's going to be after those three. I, you know, it's, uh, one thing about it, you know, it's gonna be a catch fest mm-hmm. in those three tournaments. I mean, you're gonna have to catch them, and I mean, as sore and as bloody and cut up as my hands where you follow, that's gonna be times ten going up to New York. The amount <laughs> yeah. of fish you catch. So I'm definitely gonna gonna take some wear and tear. But there again, you know, it, at least we're go, we're back going. You know mm-hmm. that that can't be said with a lot of sports and a lot of uh, ways of life. So um, you know, I might have to not necessarily kill myself you know you you might have to pace yourself there and practice for those first couple events because if uh if you get put yourself in a position where you don't drink enough and and uh get enough rest you know when you roll into that last event you may be you know dead in the water Mm -hmm. you know you got to think about that kind of thing too um uh, the back events, but it is up north, it's not like it's going to be three events down here in the southern heat, so yeah. Um, but I'm just excited to go,
2: man. That's Honestly. one of my questions for you. I was excited to ask you when you get into that back to back to back, like you're about to hit, you know, do you consciously adjust your sleep schedule and stuff to make sure that you're getting enough rest?
3: Well, the biggest thing when we go um, that far north, it, and what people, a lot of people probably and listeners don't realize, is how much daylight you have. I mean, you will fish yourself to death because it gets daylight before five, and it gets dark after nine thirty
1: mm-hmm. at night.
3: I mean, so if you fish a true daylight to dark schedule for your practice. You're going to fish yourself to death. So, yeah, you have to pace yourself. You have to almost tell tell yourself, look, I'm going to fish till 6 or 7 p.m. And, and go get something to eat and get a shower and get in bed at a decent time just so I can survive these next three weeks or otherwise. You're just going to run out of gas.
1: Especially if you make a couple of day fours in there, you're going. Yep. You're loading up yep. the truck and heading to the next one. Um, I've
3: done it. I've done it before for not necessarily three straight. I think I did two straight, had an off week and then a third one. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first, I remember the first one was Cayuga, um, that year. And I did make the fourth day. Then I rolled right into an open, but I did have an off week in between that, that second one and that, that, uh, that third one. So I, I know, I know what to expect and, uh, and we'll just have to, We'll have to take it easy in those first two um so we have enough enough yeah. for that third one
1: You got a favorite Pedialyte uh, flavor? Man,
3: I I don't I've never even drank Pedialyte. I don't Shoot. know if it's <laughs> That's the deal. I drink, <laughs> I drink
1: Take that you can take that to the bank, man. I'm telling really? you. Really? Oh, it's awesome.
3: I might have to try it. I I drink plenty of water. I I usually keep a case of water in the boat and um you know, reload the cooler as the day goes on, so
1: Well, when are you going to start getting your smallmouth stuff ready?
3: I've already started. started? uh, Yeah, I got on, you know, last night I was sitting inside. I put in a $1,000 tackle warehouse order (laughs) of (laughs) of everything that I think I would possibly need to cover every scenario. Um, Did you get two-day shipping or next day? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I did, because you never know.
1: (laughs) You never do.
3: (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I got a got everything that i've ever caught a bass on up there so (laughs) so i hope i I hope i have what i need
1: well well, give us one little uh tidbit what's what's something you bought you don't have to say color what's one thing you bought multiples of
3: anytime you're up there uh ned jig heads Mm -hmm. um ned jig heads ned worms i mean that's always a staple up there it's always a limit getter and when you get up there around all those zebra mussels and things you're gonna break them off so i I think I got uh two dozen packs of owner block kids coming and I got a uh, plenty of ned worms. So. Yeah,
1: is that the ned head you like as the owner?
3: Yeah, yeah. They they put a really good hook in there. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit beefier hook. Um it's got a great bait keeper and uh I mean that's the name of the game. I mean, you can't have a a, a super thin wire um hook that's going to bend out on those five and six pound smallmouth when they're jumping around acting like an idiot out there so you got to uh you got to have something that'll hold them
2: do you go with a real light net head or do you beef it up a little bit on on the weight size when you go up north
3: i try to i try to throw as light as i can get away with um and when we're you know drifting down the river up there at waddington you know you're somewhere in that three sixteenths or maybe a hair bigger than that. Um, and then when, if I'm shallow, like say um, I'm up on the flats and, and uh, you know, looking at them um, cruising and, and things like that, I like to go down to an eighth. Um, it just seems like the lighter and the slower you can get that thing to fall, um, the better. And, and the lighter you can get whenever you're drifting it on the bottom, the less you're going to hang break off. So.
1: I got you now, I know we're gonna jump around here, but Champlain, you think you're gonna go to Ticonderoga? Well,
3: last time we went there i I practiced down there a day and found some fish and um found some fish up on the north end and anytime I'm there and I find you know I'm gonna go where the biggest where mm-hmm. I feel like I'm gonna catch the biggest way, I don't care if it's ninety miles, I don't care if it's twelve miles, but I found about what I would consider the same quality on both ends. So the first two days that, that particular tournament was um, canceled down to a three day event because we had, you know, bad winds. But the first two days I stayed on the North end and I caught them well enough to make the cut. And the last day I aired it out and, and went all the way down South. And luckily I run all the way down there to where I'd found one little school of fish in the grass and I caught them every other flip. And I think I, I want to say I weighed 17 or 18 pounds a day of small mouth up north the first two days and went mm-hmm. down there and caught like 19 and a half pounds of large mouth the last day. So That's awesome. you can def- it's definitely a place you can pick your poison, but I mean, shoot, it was the first day of practice when I found those fish. Then we had two more days of practice. We had a canceled day at an event. Then we had two days of the event so i was running down there you know six days after i had fished last i was just kind of hoping that they were still there and they were there so that's one thing you can count on when you find fish in the grass down there you can pretty much count on them as mm-hmm. long as something crazy doesn't happen you know the, if the wind blows down there it's just like okeechobee you know, the wind will blow a, a wind tide down there and it'll actually cause the water to rise a foot or drop a foot. You mm. know, down there on Are right,
1: Amanda and the boys going uh, up there with you?
3: No, no, they're staying at home with, uh, with all the craziness going on mm. in the world. I, I'd rather stay here, honestly, at a I don't. I don't really know what to expect on the road the way things are now. So it uh, it'd just be easier for me to go do those three, knock them out, and come on home to them.
1: hmm Now you're gonna fish that open up there while you're while you're there at Onida.
3: Uh, say that again.
1: You're gonna fish that open at Onida while you're you up
3: know, there. Well, Cook mentioned it to me, and I'm pretty sure three in a row is gonna be all I want.
1: <laughs> so, Man, four could be cool though. So I think
3: I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna knock those three out and uh and come on home
1: well i know we're in june and we're still kind of early in the year as far as tournaments but have you looked at aoy do you look at aoy do you no, look at that man. at the end of the year no nah, it, it
3: it doesn't it doesn't matter this early um you just got to continue to do your job and mm-hmm. um and and i mean you, you really even can't even look at it till going into the last tournament that's that's the way i look at it and and even then you're still going to do the same thing you would do whether you're first or last in that mm-hmm. that thing and you know it just it just gives you the in, in my opinion it just tells me whether i'm i'm locked into the classic or not and uh and that's all that really matters in, in that to me
1: well which event are you looking forward to for the rest of the year which event
3: um saint Clair. Mm. i've never i've never caught them really good there it's i mean i have a heck of a time it's so awesome fishing i just never caught them good there and i'm i'm ready to change that up this year hopefully um and and come out of there with a paycheck it's uh i mean it's it's sad when you say yeah i caught you know 40 smallmouth waiting 18 and a half pounds a day and they just said all right. Good job. You don't get paid for that. <laughs> Drive safe. <laughs> hey,
1: give us that bag back. We got other folks
2: to wait. Yeah. Come on.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm ready to to try to ch- turn that around and, and, uh, and
1: see if I can get it headed back in the right direction. You think we're going to see a hundred pounds, smallmouth tournament?
3: If you do, it'll be there.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Um, I, I really feel like, uh, it can happen there and, and we're going a little bit earlier this year and those fish should be bunched up a little bit deeper um it seemed like when we were there in september last year you you, you definitely could have saw that weight last year uh what did seth have did he have like 75 pounds over three days yeah or 76 mm-hmm. so i mean there there you go i mean the the quality's there if, if the right guy stumbles on the right group of fish you will most definitely see over 100 pound smallmouth
2: That'd be awesome. That'd be impressive. Well, Drew, I know we're taking...
3: And and you follow here. I mean, if we would have been here a little bit sooner, it was very, very possible that you could have saw 100 pounds broken here. I mean, fall is probably, in my opinion, one of the top three lakes in the United States right now. It's just kind of flew under the radar for this long, and and, uh, that might be why it's so good, but... I mean, there was multiple days I was out there, uh, you know, when it was before it was off limits that I had over 30. So Mm -hmm. it, it's definitely a heck of a lake as
1: well. I I was, the one thing I wanted to see was y'all go to Santee. I really thought we were going to see maybe two century belts. If it was, uh, you know, originally still scheduled that place. It's just unreal how many big fish are there. I'll be interested to see how it fishes in the fall.
3: Yeah, I will, too. Yeah, it, it, I mean, they live there. It's Mm -hmm. just a matter of figuring out how to catch them in November, so.
1: You think you smoked a gator or a log on day two? I've just been.
3: I hit a, I hit a log. I mean, if I'd hit, I've hit a gator before and, and knocked a, knocked a skeg off on Seminole, but, uh, I hit a log. Mm -hmm. I saw it at the last minute It and I'm pretty sure it was a railroad tie.
1: Shoot. What's the difference between hitting a log and a gator, just out of curiosity? One's a little, one gives a little more
3: um well it depends on where you hit it if you hit that that gator in the head it's like hitting a log mm. Dang. <laughs>
1: so,
3: so uh yeah I was running through a place they call a hole in the wall on Lake Seminole which is just a just a little ditch and and I was going through there and saw that big joker and there was nowhere for me to go it was either keep going or put her on the hill you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I Trimmed up, and I still hit it. And I think if I wouldn't have trimmed up, that the the skeg wouldn't have got the most of it,
2: and right. uh and
3: broke it off. But, but I think the the, the gator just kept on going. I, I mean, I <laughs> I stopped. He was just swimming down the bank like nothing nothing faced him. The things are tough.
1: Man, they're dinosaurs for a reason. Yep. Well, shoot, we really do appreciate it. We know you probably got to get back. uh Got that tackle warehouse order. You're probably sitting on the porch waiting for the UPS man now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh we appreciate it man we hope to be talking to you again soon seeing you hold a blue trophy and uh good luck in the upcoming weeks
3: all right guys i appreciate you having me. appreciate it drew thanks buddy.